0: When Lavenda Counts disappeared, the entire community of Bay, Arkansas came together to search for her. When authorities located her body in a cornfield, they began scouring the city for a murderer. As it turns out, Lavenda's neighbor decided to play out a sick zombie apocalypse fantasy that included killing his neighbor. This is Bad Axe Podcast. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. My name is Danielle Blinka. I'm your host. And please say hello to our favorite co-host.
1: Hi, I'm Aaron.
0: For today, I have managed to find us a zombie case.
1: That's really impressive.
0: I know. I mean, there's obviously not like a real zombie, but it's still a zombie case, and you'll see what I mean in a bit. I scoured the internet for a good zombie case, and this one is the one that really jumped out to me, mostly because the murder in this case was completely sane. He was not having delusions of any sort, and he was not on drugs, so that part's a win-win.
1: Except for the victim.
0: Yeah, except for the victim. Obviously, I feel sorry. <laughs> for the victim but I just want to say I found a couple of cases where things happened where like a person was having a delusion and actually thought someone was a zombie and then they had to go to the hospital it was like very very sad and then I also found some where like, people did drugs. And there's a very famous case that came up that I believe took place in Florida where the guy did bath salts and he ate someone's face off. Yeah. That is considered to be a zombie case. But obviously, it's it's just, it's not the kind of thing I was going for because that was a special circumstance where he was under the influence of a substance and having a mental breakdown, which is not, it's just not as interesting. It's kind of sad if more so than anything else because both people are sad. Yeah. This case takes place in Bay, Arkansas, which is a small town in the northeast part of the state. In the 2010 census, the Bay Area had just 1,800 residents, and it's so small that when I try to find photos of it online, most of the photos were of other parts of Arkansas. So I'm guessing it's like really tiny and maybe full of people who don't post photos of their area online. I got the impression that there's a lot of like nature stuff there. And I kind of got that partially from the fact that I've been to Arkansas and it's like a giant forest with rivers everywhere, but also too because of there's like a cornfield in the story. So that seems very plant oriented as a town. Yeah, that makes sense. Imagine like a very nice, luscious plant tree area. Okay. Now it's July 3rd, 2015, and the residents of Bay are getting ready for 4th of July celebrations. But unfortunately, one family would lose their reasons to celebrate thanks to a man who told authorities he was preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Of course he was. Yes, that is his plan. Zombies may or may not be coming, except for he does later admit that he knew they were not.
1: Oh, of course you didn't.
0: Beloved Bay resident LaVinda Counts lived alone in a sweet ranch-style home complete with a porch swing and a row of shrubs and a wraparound flower bed that surrounded her front porch. Born and raised in Bay, 90-year-old Counts was well-known in her community, and people described her as kind-hearted and loved by all. So she sounds like a very sweet lady. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was a monster living just 100 yards from Counts's home. And her sudden disappearance one July morning would send shockwaves through the community and reveal a disturbing plot.
1: I've got a bad feeling about this.
0: Yes, you have a lot of bad feelings about the crimes that we do, Aaron.
1: To be fair, they're murders, and also, I I watch Star Wars a lot, so...
0: Oh, okay. Because
1: C-3PO, I've got a bad feeling about this. I mean, like, everybody in Star Wars has a bad feeling about this, you know? It it, it rubbed off on me.
0: I can see. I got you. (laughs) I got you. Right. So, on the morning of July 3rd, 2015, a knock sounded at the door of Count's home. And I have to say, she didn't even have time to make the bed that morning when she answered the door, so it was probably very early. Mm -hmm. Her family said in news reports afterwards that she always made the bed and was very meticulous about how neat the home was, so they knew that she wouldn't have just left it unmade for just no reason. Sure. On the other side of the door stood Richard Jordan Tarver, who was 30 years old at the time of the crime. When counts opened the door, court documents suggest that Tarver pushed his way inside. Once inside the home, Tarver threatened Counts and forced her to walk out to her car and get into the trunk. And now there's not a lot of detail about what happened in the house, but it is clear that Tarver went inside because he left behind evidence that we will discuss later.
1: I can't wait.
0: He left a whole bag of stuff in there. I just don't understand people who have some planning in their crimes, but then just like leave really obvious evidence. I understand if you left an inerrant like fingerprint or maybe skin cells or something, like if they scratched you or something. Sometimes when people are stabbing someone, they their hand slips on the knife because it's all slippery and they accidentally get some of their own blood in there. Obviously, don't murder people. But if you do that kind of evidence leaving, come on, man, look alive.
1: Murder is not a time to be careless.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is a very good point, Aaron. Thank you. Murder is not a time to be careless. Also, don't murder people. Cannot say that enough. Please do not murder them. With counts in the trunk, Tarver drove to a cornfield west of the city. Now, I tried to find a picture of literally any Arkansas cornfield, but apparently it's harder than it sounds. Like, I just wanted to get a visual on this. I thought about putting it on the Instagram. I could not find one that was in Arkansas, but I did find several Nebraska cornfields and also a painting on an Arkansas Bank's website. So, I have deduced from my research, again, that the people in Bay, Arkansas, you guys have got to take more pictures the internet mm-hmm. needs your photos in order to see if your town is nice like I'm assuming it probably looks nice at some sometimes everywhere is sort of nice and it seems like it has a lot of nature I imagine that this cornfield looks like a very beautiful fall maze that's how I've imagined it with really tall stalks of corn
1: makes sense
0: Tarver parks at the cornfield and gets counts out of the trunk I will say the cornfield stalks were definitely high enough to form rows because, according to reports, he marched her through a few rows of corn. Three, I think, was how many rows of corn it was. Okay. Then he pointed a thirty-eight caliber handgun at the back of her neck and pulled the trigger.
1: Oh, that's so sad.
0: Yes. So he's kidnapped this old lady and brought her out to a cornfield and has now shot her in the back of the head. Wow. And additionally, I want to say when Counts collapsed, she landed on top of her cane, so she had like a cane that she walked with. And when police found her, the cane was underneath her body.
1: What a piece of shit.
0: I feel like it's extra sad somehow because she walked with the cane. What the heck are you doing, bud?
1: Yeah, who murders a little old lady?
0: This guy, apparently, yeah. this dum dum. after the murder, Tarver drove counts's car to NEA Baptist Memorial Hospital in Jonesboro, Arkansas, so that he could abandon it there. Now I did see that Bay is like kind of in the Jonesboro metropolitan area, mm-hmm. so they're very close to each other, okay? Now, before walking away from the car, he stole $50 from Count's purse, because why not? I mean, he's already committed murder. Why not also steal from her?
1: I suppose, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he did that, although he did later affirm that that was not the motive for his murder. Then he walked from the hospital to a friend's house to ask for a ride home. And in court testimony, the friend, who we're not going to name because he's not accused of a crime by authorities, said that Tarver arrived at around 1 p.m. And when he got to the home, Tarver lied to his friend and told them that someone dropped him off at the hospital to visit someone. And I just want to say that he is very gross.
1: Yeah, that's super gross.
0: I just can't with this. He's trying to make it sound like he's a nice guy by visiting a hospital when literally he just murdered someone.
1: Yeah, I mean, technically he did visit a hospital, but it's because he murdered someone.
0: Because he murdered someone. Yep. Later that day, Count's daughter, Patsy Scott, became concerned because her mother wasn't answering the phone. She and her husband drove over to the house to find out what was wrong and just make sure everything was okay. But they found the house empty and the car gone. I just want to say that Patsy is a hero to me because she knew right away that something was very, very wrong. Mm -hmm. She knew her mom wouldn't leave the house with the bed unmade. And she started searching the house to find a clue as to what had happened to her mom. Because She knew that something had to be up. Mm -hmm. And what she found scared her. Okay. On a chair in the living room, Scott found a large black cloth bag. And she told the Arkansas Democrat Gazette that she first thought that the bag might be a prize that counts could have won in a contest, but then she opened it. And inside the bag found a rope, a hatchet, a hammer, duct tape, a knife, and a wooden club that was wrapped with plastic on it. Later, the prosecutor would argue that this bag was Tarver's zombie survival bag.
1: You know, if he was practicing for a zombie apocalypse, it's pretty bad to leave your your survival bag behind. I feel like he's yeah. not I feel like he's not very good at this.
0: He's definitely not. Obviously, this whole plan is stupid. Yeah. But also, if you're trying to do a practice run for the zombie apocalypse, how do you leave your entire zombie apocalypse bag behind?
1: That's what I'm saying. And
0: also, why or is it all murder weapons? If you're trying to survive the apocalypse, shouldn't he have like food and water in there too?
1: You would think so. Or like a
0: clean set of clothes, maybe like a towel that like soaks up a lot of stuff.
1: Blood, evidence of murder.
0: Yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. Like if you have a survival bag, I don't think you need six weapons and then nothing else. You probably only need one or two weapons. I'm not trying to encourage people to make survival bags. I'm just saying like if if you actually think the zombie apocalypse is going to happen, and we are living in a crazy pandemic, who knows? Maybe somehow COVID causes zombies. If you are worried about that, put some tuna fish in there. I mean, technically, you could probably hit someone hard with a tuna can. I'm just saying, although a lot of tuna comes in pouches now.
1: That is true, except for cat food, which apparently is still can't.
0: Why would you put cat food in your survival bag when you're trying to eat? If
1: it's the zombie apocalypse, I feel like you maybe have to take what you can get. I'm just saying.
0: Okay, but that shouldn't be plan A. Plan A should be regular tuna. The cat food is later on when we're out of the tuna. I agree. <laughs> Aaron's kit starts out, I got some cat food, I got some napkins that I took from the Taco Bell. Look. You wouldn't even have any weapons in your bag. <laughs> I know you. You're. I would have all the weapons in my bag if we're ever in a zombie. Apocalypse, it's gonna be you're gonna be over there with all the other stuff that I didn't even think of, like towels. I got a blanket for when we're cold. My bag is all weapons because I'm crazy at this point from too much true crime. I'm like, oh, heck no, these zombies are gonna be everywhere. We gotta have weapons, yeah. I'm not trying to bully you. No,
1: I, I totally understand how you are. But like, when it comes to the little cat food mm-hmm. thing, like you know how I do, I go from zero to a hundred immediately. It just you know? shows up with like a hundred cans well, of cat food. Yeah, like as soon as the apocalypse happens, I'm just abandon all hope. Ooh. Let me this. It's last resort time. You know, I'm just going to okay, go into no, like extreme survival mode. I feel like we could survive
0: you know? for a while. Really. I- clever and you're you're clever you have skills you have computer stuff
1: you're very clever but i feel like by the time you get the zombie apocalypse computers are already gone by the wayside electricity you know all of that is gone right like (laughs) like i feel like at that point it's like survival of the fittest and i don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to survive i
0: like how you also just low-key grouped me in i know i'm not the fittest but no
1: i said i i I didn't say we i said i I know
0: i know what you meant though
1: no you don't (laughs)
0: don't don't put words in (laughs) Everyone, he's saying I'm also not the fittest.
1: I am not saying that. I would
0: at least have weapons though.
1: Yes, you would I feel like weapons. I
0: could kick some zombie ass at least for a minute, but actual zombies, zombie not ass. like old people that I'm just hitting for no reason.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Back to our story the bag also contained a white washcloth, and while that seems insignificant and also not big enough to soak up blood, I just want to say. <laughs> It will be really important later, so tuck it in the back of your mind and just hold on to it, okay? Okay. After Counts disappeared, people across the community volunteered to look for her. So clearly they really loved her because they worked for nine whole days to try to find her. And the search party even included a helicopter that did flyovers hoping to spot her. Sadly, Counts' body lay in the cornfield for nine whole days.
1: That's awful. That's really awful.
0: Authorities finally discovered Counts' body on July 12th, and they also located her car in that hospital parking lot. In her car, they found Counts' purse in the trunk. And additionally, someone had removed her cell phone battery. I'm assuming that might have been so they couldn't ping it.
1: That would make sense.
0: Police were also able to get the hospital surveillance footage. Awesome job, cops which helped them track what happened to Counts' car. So on the video, they saw a man leaving Counts' car and walking toward the nearby highway, which is US 49. And so that helped them kind of get a direction to go. So they started canvassing and talking to all these people that lived over there because they knew the guy walked that direction, so they wanted to see if they could find him. So they eventually located the friend who gave Harvard a ride home that day. And he told his story to the police, and the police decided that Tarver sounded like a good suspect.
1: Yep, he does sound like a good suspect. He sounds
0: like an awesome suspect. So after talking to this friend who gave Tarver the ride home, they go to Tarver's home on July seventeenth, 2015. So this is like two weeks after the original crime. Okay. And according to their reports, he quickly confessed and told the police that he'd stashed the gun he used to kill Count in his attic. So, of course, they arrested Tarver that day. Yep. In this confession, Tarver told police that he'd been binge-watching the TV show The Walking Dead on the night of July 2nd, which is the night before the crime, Mm -hmm. and decided he wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone because he wanted to make sure that he could survive the zombie apocalypse by knowing that he could kill someone. And then he said, quote-unquote, an old person's closest to a zombie— Oh
1: my god, really?
0: First of all, no it's not.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. <laughs>
0: old people are not zombies. What the hell's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, for real.
0: I don't even know. I just can't with that.
1: That's awful. That's so really this, awful.
0: This person who is clearly some kind of monster. Yes. Decides that this old lady it's okay to kill her because she's almost passed on, I guess. She could have lived like a lot longer. People live over a hundred sometimes.
1: Yeah. And even also, then... Also, it's just wrong. Even this, yeah, it's no way, there's no way to end your life, you know?
0: Yeah, so that's what he said. Now, to be clear, Tarver did clarify that he knows that zombies are not real, so it's not like he's having some kind of delusion.
1: God, what a dumbass.
0: Yeah, so I just... I honestly feel like he just wanted to kill someone, and he thought that people wouldn't care if it was an old person, which is not how that works. People still care. You cannot kill old people.
1: That's fair. I feel true. like I shouldn't
0: have to say that, but it's true.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't have to say that.
0: According to news reports, police asked Tarver if he felt any remorse over the murder, and he said, quote, no, I don't have it, unquote. Of course he doesn't. So, no remorse from this dude. Police charged Tarver with capital murder, and at trial, the story totes changes okay so tarver has this whole long ass confession where he tells them all about his zombie plans and he has that kill kit and all that all that jazz but then at trial he's all that's not at all what happened he says that he confessed to the murder to protect his wife and child what and according to him at trial police told him that they'd arrest his wife and take his daughter away if he didn't confess
1: okay but that doesn't make any sense
0: of course not. To me, unless he thought his wife did the crime, it doesn't make sense to worry about her going to jail in this case. I mean, like, if you know you didn't do it and your wife didn't do it, then, like, I get it that people go to jail sometimes when they didn't actually do anything. I get it that their false confessions are real. Yep. But, like, in this case, that doesn't make any any sense None of that makes sense, but yeah, okay. None
1: of that tracks with his case at all. Yeah. It
0: doesn't, especially because of the level of detail in the confession, the first confession, which is on tape. I would believe it maybe if he had been, no, I wasn't there. And they were like, really? Because we have evidence on your wife. We're going to arrest her now. And then he was oh, maybe, maybe, maybe don't arrest her. Maybe I did it. And they were like, okay, what are your details? And then all the details were wrong until they fed him some. Like, maybe then I'd believe it. But this guy knew all the details right away and had the gun. Mm-hmm. And also, we're going to find out more evidence in just a minute. Okay. All right. Now, he claims at first, at trial, he says that he got the details in the confession from the newspaper and TV accounts. And I do want to say that even though you could have gotten a lot of details from that— The police always hold back facts to prevent false confessions so that if the person does say all those things, they can kind of check and see if that person's story is real. And so I do have a hard time believing that he could have gotten the entirety of the facts from the newspaper and TV. Okay, so when the prosecutor cross-examined him on this issue, Tarver changed his story again and said that one of the arresting officers is the one that gave him the facts and that he got it in a five-minute rundown when they were in the police car after the arrest. Basically, after it's pointed out to him that he couldn't have gotten all of them from the t- newspaper and TV, he's like, oh, wait, no, this officer told me when I was in the car. It just doesn't track. Yeah. And then he bullshit. repeats it all in, like, a dramatic story. That does not make sense.
1: Yeah, that's total bullshit. <laughs> I'm,
0: again, I might believe it if he was, like, a little bit bit saying it like he's hesitating and they are having to remind him i've watched false confession videos and the cops have to work really hard to get the story straight they don't just come in and monologue for for half an hour yeah also in case you were starting to think maybe this was a false confession tarver also claimed a child that he had an alibi now his alibi was that he spent the day with his wife planning his daughter's upcoming birthday Ironically, he mentioned this in the confession and said that he spent the $50 that he stole from Count's purse on supplies for the birthday party. So that's a strange coincidence.
1: Oh, God. Right? That's so terrible.
0: I mean, seriously. So in his trial, Tarver's attorney tried to present Tarver's friend as a possible suspect in the crime. Now, that's the person that I'm not naming because the authorities have cleared this person of the crime. Okay. But Tarver tried to present him as like an alternative suspect, despite the fact that Tarver gave that confession and there was actual evidence that connected him to the crime. Right. Not only do they have the gun, but I'm going to tell you about some DNA in a minute. Okay. So jurors got to actually watch Tarver's 59-minute confession video where he describes all of his actions on the day of the murder so they could actually see the way that he told the story, which I think is important because it's not like this halting story. You know, he's actually trying to explain what all that happened. But that's not all the evidence the prosecutors presented because do you remember the dirty washcloth in the black bag found in Count's home? I do. Well, that cloth contained DNA that matched Tarver. However, I do have to say DNA found on the tools in that murder bag did not belong to Tarver, but couldn't be conclusively matched to anyone else. So they're not 100% sure about where that DNA on the tools came from, but they do know that that washcloth that was in the bag did match Tarver. Gotcha. Clearly, though, jurors did believe the confession because they ended up finding him guilty of capital murder, kidnapping, aggravated residential burglary, abuse of a corpse, theft of property, and possession of a defaced firearm. So in 2016, Tarva received a sentence of life in prison with no possibility of parole.
1: Good. You know, it kind of sounds like the prosecutor, like, listed out every single thing they could find. You know, like, they got him on murder, which is the big one. Yes. But then they, like, listed out every other single, like, misdemeanor they could possibly, you know, get him on. And yeah, all that for reals. Business. That's
0: what I'm about. Like, if I were a prosecutor, seriously, I'd be digging up every single crime. I'd be like, and then we had to arrest him and his, like... His car sticker, his registration sticker was expired. He didn't have any insurance on the car. And they were like, ma'am, was he driving? I don't know. My point is he had these p- violations. When he threw out the body, he was littering. Like, we need to add some littering violations on here. We are just going to rack this. We're going to rack it up. Like, we got to put a fine on this because the littering part. Ma'am, I don't think that's how that works. Trust me, it is. Put it on there. We're charging him. Hmm. There's a little bit of controversy in this case because at trial, Tarver did try to back off his story about the zombies. But there's something super telling in his confession, the 59-minute confession video, that the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette reported on that I cannot get over. And what's that? Even though he seriously is trying to back off this zombie claim, this is something he said that really, to me, says a lot about where he was at. Police questioned Tarver about that black bag with his DNA on it. And he told police it was his tool bag and, quote, part of what he was dressing up as, unquote. Now, obviously, police wanted to know more about this. Like, what... The fuck does he mean what he's dressing up as, right? Well, Tarver explained exactly what he meant by saying, quote, as a survivor, like in the movies, when the world ends, unquote. What the fuck?
1: Well, in some sense, the world did end, you know, for for this lady and that is you know, true. Also for him, I guess.
0: But I just I think that stands out to me as proof that he really was doing the zombie thing because they know he watched The Walking Dead. Then he said he killed her because he wanted to know what it felt like. He wanted to make sure he could survive the zombie apocalypse like he was practicing. Mm -hmm. He has this zombie kill bag that he left at her house that they have his DNA on so they know that it's his. And then when they ask him about it and he says he was part of his apocalypse costume, essentially. I don't know how you can back off your claims about the zombie stuff after that. I get it that at trial, he wants to try to get away with it. But at the same time, to me, that's really the part that convinced me the most was him saying that. Like, he was trying to dress up as, like, a survivor at the end of the world.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely.
0: I can't believe that there's, like, a family that lost their loved one. This beloved lady that the community clearly treasured. Because this idiot was playing zombie apocalypse day.
1: I know. It's terrible.
0: If he really was that obsessed with zombies, you couldn't set up a fake thing. Why kill someone? I know, right? I just don't get that. Plus, I don't really think that gunshot is like a normal way you kill zombies. Maybe it is.
1: They seem to do it in movies. Oh, I, I, I guess you're right. They a, do kind of shoot them in a, the head sometimes. I'm not a big fan of zombie zombies. zombies. It's, it's not really my, my favorite do to but
0: it seems yeah. like there's a
1: lot of, of gunshots. I on. feel
0: like in a lot of the zombie movies that I've seen, it's been people hitting peop- like zombies in the head with bats or something. Yep, but I guess true. you're right. They They do have a lot of gunshots, too. Not that you should be practicing that. There's other ways you could practice. I'm just Mm -hmm. throwing that out there. If you're really trying to prepare for an apocalypse, don't involve real people in your murder plans.
1: Yes, definitely. There's
0: no reason for you to be murdering people. it's not the apocalypse yet, you're fine. That's true. This was the case of the zombie test kill. That's what the newspapers were calling it, was zombie test kill. And I think it's important that we remember that Ms. Counts was a really loving person. Her family misses her. She is very valued and treasured by the community. And it's just gross that her neighbor walked over to her house and then kidnapped her and murdered her. And it's just a sad way for her to go.
1: Yeah, it's really terrible.
0: Well, thank you for listening. We will have another case for you very soon. And I would like to encourage you just to love the people in your life because there's crazy people out there who think that they are zombies. Thank you for listening. We will see you again. Bye. Bye.